questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Scientists recently acknowledged that the human race faces extinction as male sperm count declines. To that, add the hidden dangers of soy, which contrary to what you are being told, is not health food, does not prevent disease, and has not even been proven safe. Epidemiological, clinical, and laboratory studies link soy to malnutrition, digestive problems, thyroid dysfunction, cognitive decline, reproductive disorders, even heart disease and cancer. What about this new trend of man-hate brought to you by the new feminists? This has created the MGTOW or Men Going Their Own Way movement. And we have discussed this before. What about the disappearance of gentlemen? What about chivalry, courtesy, honor, being realistic, polite, gallant, respectful, noble, and decent? Those are the qualities my parents instill upon me. What has changed? And who is behind the destruction of these values and the society we used to know? And by the way, did you know that 5G network uses the same EMF waves as Pentagon crowd control systems? Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas at Veritas Radio. If you want to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, click on the subscribe button. Join me on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And to discuss this and many other topics, tonight's special guest is Hilary Ramo, an award-winning photographer, artist, and writer. Hilary has been a radio host in the truth-seeking genre of alternative media for over 15 years. Our website is HillaryRamo.com, and she joins us directly from Albany, New York. Hello, Hillary, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you? Hi, Mel. Thanks so much for having me. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Well, every time you post something on Facebook, I write down a little note here and there. I develop my own, you know, on my radar. I put a few things, but I know I don't have that many things written here. A lot of things are going to be impromptu. But I wanted to ask you first, because I see this more and more, why does it seem men are being painted as the enemy and you are a lady? So I want to ask you that first. Well, that's a good question. And we should be having this conversation and so should many other people. I think what's happening is we are we are watching the unresolved, unhealed emotional issues in the feminine energy come to the surface and it's being triggered by a social experiment. It's being triggered by people who have learned how to use your emotions against you to manipulate you for political purposes. Um, so I don't know how much of that you want me to go into right at this moment, but that's my initial response to your question. And uh, we need to really be having these conversations. And I've been trying to have these conversations, but there's so much anger and there's so much instant reaction and attack that it is almost impossible to have these conversations on social media without having some kind of, you know, uproar about how dare you even ask 
these questions. So I hope we get into this in detail because it really needs to be discussed. We definitely will. And on social media, I've become more of a spectator lately because a few months ago, if I mentioned something like this or like that, it was an immediate attack, a reaction, mm -hmm. almost as if people get triggered. What happened to the times when you and I would disagree about something over coffee or tea and we were still friends? I would still appreciate mm -hmm. you for who you were. And this world runs the way it does because we have differences of opinion. Otherwise, how boring would it be if everyone thought the same? In fact, I spoke to a scientist years ago and he told me if everyone had the same opinion, the human race would become extinct because if one person who was being followed by everybody would commit suicide, everybody else would. Isn't that an interesting thought? Hmm. Well, we all haven't lived the same life and we all have different experiences and we all have different triggers and we have different wounds and things we've healed from. And so everybody really is at a different place. And it, how, how rude and inconsiderate is it to be upset with somebody because they don't see a situation the same way you see a situation or they bring to the table an alternative perspective for critical thinking or to ask important questions. I remember when social media first came out. I was on the air. I was doing radio. I was talking to people and having amazing, important conversations. When social media began, it was a lot different than it is now. I think what you've watched happen, especially since Trump came into office, is a, a massive crackdown on the ability to unite voices and bring people together the way that social media was doing in the beginning. I think it's a completely different platform now. And uh, the digital studies that have been done by people who buy data from Facebook have had a lot to do with that because I think at the beginning it was like the wild, wild west. Well, let them all talk to each other and let's see what happens and everybody networked and things were happening and it was amazing and, and helpful to many people. And then all of a sudden you start to get censored or maybe you're triggering some of the AI algorithms and you're, you're moving into a different space. And then once the political stuff started to happen after Trump, especially was uh, elected, you started to see changes in social media that you may or may not have been so obvious, but this big scandal that just happened recently with the data brokering and selling data to these big firms, and I'm sure many of their clients were corporate clients, how has that affected social media? Nobody's having those conversations either, and it's really amazing me that nobody has put that together with Obama making propaganda legal during his term, and I'm sure everybody is having a great time running that around on the public. So I think there's a lot to play into all this. Connection is definitely, I think, what Mark Zuckerberg had in mind when he created this, but I'm not sure it was the only thing he had in mind because it quickly became a, a source of income for, for him and many other people. And the data brokering that was taking place, I mean, who's buying the data? You know, we never really heard any of that. We watched the, the trials. We watched the, the stuff going on, uh, the committee meetings, excuse me, going on on, on the Senate. And, and Mark was there talking about stuff and being really elusive 
to what was really going on behind the scenes and not taking a lot of accountability for what was really happening. I mean, you just don't make a billion dollars, billions of dollars based on selling data. What were they studying really? And what are they doing with that now? I mean, what does the platform really offer anybody now at this point? The Instagram founders have just uh, quit basically. And now Facebook owns Instagram and a lot of other interesting little platforms as well. So what's really going on with this whole social connective thing? I think what you're watching is a manipulation of social, uh, I don't know, emotion, social emotion. You're watching people take advantage of the, you know, what has been created and they're using it to politically, uh, single out opinions, study who hates who. And I think it's a really, it's going into a really dangerous uh, arena, but how hard is it to quit it? Everybody has gotten so used to it where this is their social connection. They get online to see what everybody's doing. What are people talking about? They have been led into a very tricky, sticky place. Well, years ago, I think it was Dr. Brooks Agnew who told me this a few weeks ago, that years ago, the U.S. government wanted to compile information about every individual in a way that perhaps went too far as it relates to privacy. And it was denied immediately after. What do we get? Facebook. You know, we have MySpace, the predecessor, which died after Facebook. But then Facebook comes along. Mark Zuckerberg, I think he definitely created Facebook. At the same time, I have a hard time to believe, believing that he was the only person behind this. Something tells me that DARPA, the CIA, and all those big brother uh, suspects on the top are definitely involved. Same thing with Google. I remember when you had Netscape. You, I mean, you had, uh, you know, so many other search engines, and then Google just took over. These are the... The, what is it that I saw? Paw, uh, the, the 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 three companies: uh, Google, Apple, and uh, what is it? Uh, Facebook. I mean, social media. But when it comes to to social media, as you well said, it was a, a place to network. Now, do you really expect? Did you really expect when you joined Facebook that the data was not going to be used? Did you sign thinking, "Oh, this is free. Nobody's going to touch my private information"? Did you really think that? as most people did? Me personally, I wasn't sure. I, I had always maintained use of it as a business tool, free marketing, the ability to advertise my events and the things that I were working on. So I, I got onto Facebook with an intent and I stayed there. And I'm really glad that I did. Uh, you know, I have a separate family page where I just have my family members on it. I don't, I don't mix the two. Same and I'm with well me. aware that, yeah, and I'm well aware that the, the the information. You know, I'm very careful about what I put on there. I see a lot of people not doing that, and so here's my concern: is that for people who didn't have that intent, don't have that intent, get on there and share every single thing about their day. Oh, I had spaghetti for lunch today. Who cares? But for some reason, they are putting things of that personal nature and sort. And here's a picture of my, my kids and all of this stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that it, it's been a, a trap. It's been in, like an entrapment, if you will, because when you start to use these tools to just put your whole life out there, 
and you submit to the social validation structure that it's creative out of, you kind of give permission for whoever is watching to be a voyeur in your life and, and watch you. I mean, there's some creepy people out there. I have had people, you know, show up on my Facebook page. It just I don't have a clue who they are. Never met them in my entire life. I friend them because I friend people on that page and it exposes them to my work. And that's how I, that's my tool. That's how I use it. But every now and then you get somebody on there who is harassing or, you know, just over the top, respects no boundaries, posts like they know you personally, and it becomes a real creepy situation. And of course, you have to you have to like all your pictures from seven years ago, all of a sudden. Well, you know, and then posting comments, little hearts after them, like they have some kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. intimate relationship with you, which isn't true. So I have, I, you know, this past year, I, I have not friended people. I, I have not really sought out to increase my platform on Facebook because I actually unfriended probably about 2000 people, people I didn't know, didn't know who they were, you know, over time, they had just gotten added in to build the audience because let's admit it, Facebook was all about the numbers and still is to some degree. But now you have to pay more to get more. You have to pay into the Facebook advertising. You have to pay into the the campaigns that you create for whatever it is you're using it for. I stopped doing that. I, I was I was putting very minimal money into that and I was playing the game for a little bit. And I realized really quickly what a waste of money that is. Yeah. So I stopped doing it and I don't do it. And I don't pay for I don't pay or sponsor any any of my posts at all. I barely use my business page. I just kind of stay on there to keep relevant with what's going on, promote my work and share events and, and of that sort. And it, that keeps it very clean for me. And I like that. But, you know, every now and then I'll start talking about, because this is the radio host in me, I start talking about something controversial, you know, what, what artist isn't somewhat controversial, right? And here I am, I'm an artist, whether I'm a radio show host or a painter or whatever. So here I'll bring up something. And I'm always really surprised, believe it or not, with some of the outrageous responses and how people really can't have the conversation anymore and how serious they take the interaction. You know, if I'm sitting down to dinner and I'm having dinner with somebody and then we're having a conversation and, you know, a debate or whatever, it's much different than if you're trying to have a conversation with somebody in comment under a Facebook post. I mean, let's face it, we've all learned how to do it, right? But when you find yourself talking in the language of, well, did you see my Facebook post today? And you're face-to-face with somebody, you got issues. You have to stop talking in that kind of way. You, you're too entangled. You have to back up and take a, take a break from this. You know, being mindful in the digital age is going to become an important skill. And we're all still part of this grand experiment, no matter how old we are, what place we are, we are on our path or you know, whatever it is that we're experiencing, we're all part of this, Uh, you know, kids growing up in the digital age, because now there are generations who have not not known it. And you see little children under the age of like 10, learning how to smile and pose for selfies. I see parents posting pictures of their kids online that shouldn't be posted online, because you really just don't know who's watching. And there's It just puts them at risk. And I think we really have to learn how to put boundaries back in place when it comes to this stuff and realize that Facebook 
Instagram and Twitter are not the only places to have interactions with people. And once we start putting too much weight in the responses and interactions, it's time to take a break. Absolutely. I spend a lot of time at the beach and I see, especially young women, you see them instead of just enjoying themselves in the ocean. It's almost like a like you have a thousand models line up in the entire seashore just taking selfies all day long, all day long. And you go to a restaurant at night, and what do you see? People on their tables, just looking at their phones. And I think it was you who posted a, a meme or a picture the other day of a phone and a claw grabbing the person in, in, in the face. It's so aptly well put, because that's what I see all the time. And, you know, many, as you said, the new generation, they haven't been. You know, Facebook is, according to the youngsters, Facebook is for old people. But it's all Instagram. I had this family and uh, their 14-year-old daughter, they were going to Turks and Caicos or, or, or the Bahamas, actually. And they have some pigs that swim there. And I told her, well, I think the hurricane may have had, you know, killed some of those pigs. And she goes, oh, no, oh, my God. And I thought, wow, look at this girl, so compassionate. And she goes, oh, my God, that was so Instagrammable. Everything has to deal with, with social media. Well, that picture that you're referring to that I posted was actually, if you remember in the movie Aliens, yes. there was a creature that came out and like attached itself to the people's face while it was kind of impregnating them with an alien that would eventually come out of their stomach. And I was really taken with this image. And, and we have to really respect the power of images because we are living in that era. Okay. And no matter what we post or how we post it or what we do to the picture, images drive people's emotions. They drive the psychology. So when I saw that picture, I said, you know, this is really relevant to what's happening. People can't get their faces out of their phone. And I'm guilty of it at times too. Okay. Because our phones have become attached to us. Now think about what you were saying before when we talk about the digital implementation of 5G technology and how everybody is supposed to be this studyable factor. Well, everything that you do on your phone is traceable. Everything you do on your desktop or your laptop is traceable. And I think what they're doing is they're trying to make people so dependent on their cell phone that they will be, you know, inseparable. And that creates a perfect opportunity for any individual to be studied, watched. Now, people, I hear a lot of people say, well, I have nothing to hide. So who cares if they're watching what I'm doing? Well, let's say you have an opinion about what's happening in the world, or you have an opinion about your leadership, or you have an opinion about you know, the Me Too movement or, you know, who's doing who wrong, okay? And you start to tweet it or you start to post it on Facebook or you're texting your friend about it and you're going on and on. Well, this is all valuable information for whoever's in charge or for the pharmaceutical companies who are making more and more drugs for all of us to be on because everybody's got a mental illness now, right? So it's really interesting to see how cell phones have become the connection between the person and their life and the 5G network, which is really absolutely something everybody should be talking about. Because I don't know if you've noticed or not, but around here where I live, 
the power lines that, you know, everybody knows are pretty bad and you shouldn't live near them have now been, something has gone up next to them that is about five times higher than what they have already. Nobody asked my opinion if I wanted those things to go up. All of a sudden, I just looked there one day and there they are. What is the cables or, or towers? They're power lines, but they're different kinds of power lines. Huh. They are larger, they're bigger, and they're they're extraordinarily larger than what was up before. And I don't know if anybody else has noticed that, but that seems to be what's happening around here. So I'm sure in other places in this country, they're going up as well. They're being put up by companies that are privately owned. And if you're a privately owned company, you don't have to disclose the technology yep. that you're putting no up. No FOIA. So, I mean, people want to complain about Trump and what a jerk he is and anything aligned with Trump is bad, bad, bad. But they're not looking at the things that are, you know, I understand that everybody's all emotional and upset about, you know, the sexual accusations coming out of people. But I have to ask people this when they start to get talking about this or they get very emotional about it. I ask them, okay, but don't you think that it's possible for a second that these kinds of accusations can be politically, you know, there's a political agenda behind them. And, oh, yeah, of course, I, I get it. There's a political agenda, but I'm going to side with the victim. But there's been no proof. Like I'm talking about Kavanaugh, for example, right? Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I went online and I was starting some conversations and then I intentionally went on to other people's pages and made comments to create a, you know, a storm of opinion. And people really, really hated me for talking about, well, could it be that this woman potentially is making this up? The Democrats had the information six weeks before he was going to confirmation and chose to leak it to the media right before his confirmation so that they could keep the seat empty, hopefully over the controversy, the public uh, lashback. And keep that seat empty until after the November elections, because they're assuming Correct. everybody's going to go Democratic because, oh, my God, we hate Trump so much. Because they've done nothing but character assassinate him since he was elected. So it's not about whether I like Trump or support Trump or anything else, but I'm just looking at the whole process and maybe I'm just different. Maybe I'm just a, one of my, you know, I'm sitting over here by myself saying, hey, look at uh <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> to me, if Trump was on the other aisle, on the left, and he was being attacked from day one the way he is, and I, let's say I'm on the right or the left, whatever, uh, I keep people wonder where I am all the time, if I'm a left or right winger, it doesn't matter, but I would be questioning, why is this person being attacked so much on a daily basis? And with what happened with Judge Kavanaugh, I think presumption of innocence That is one of the most important foundations of our justice system in the United States. If you go to Mexico or any other country, you are guilty until proven innocent. It's the exact opposite here in the United States. But in the past six weeks, I've been seeing all these people that are just completely, oh, Dr. Ford, Dr. Blasey Ford is telling the truth. He needs to be out. Not even a chance. But then I found out that you had these Mob, which, by the way, they hate that word mob, and it is truly a mob at a an elevator with Senator Jeff Flake. And I found out later, I thought this is really staged. And I found later that these people were paid by George Soros. And same thing with other people who are involved in a lot of these protests. They're being paid. In fact, 
I just received a letter from somebody who said, Mel, you need to call. This is a, there's a Craigslist, a number of Craigslist uh, ads asking for people, paid pro, people to pay to be I protesting $50 an hour. Between you and I, we should call them. But who cares pre- about that when you're angry? <laughs> when you're well, angry, know, but- woman, you're angry, right? It's like they have taken a, an energy. Okay, I, I've been in the healing arts for over 20 years. I also have a business background. So I have a very good balance in the both worlds. What you resist persists. And anybody worth a grain of salt in the healing world knows that that is true. It's true in traditional psychology. It's true in energy healing. It's true across the board. So if, you know, their slogan is, you know, resist, 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 and they're all jumping on board with this. And I'm saying, I don't think anybody is thinking this through. I think they're immediately reacting to their own victimization, which somehow, some way has not been expressed or healed or looked at or acknowledged. And they're jumping on board with anybody that comes up with any kind of accusations, but interestingly enough, um, Bill Clinton got accused several times while he was in office, and I didn't see this kind of lashback that's happening now with anybody that gets associated with Trump. I think if Trump didn't want him on there, everybody would go, yes, put him on, put him on. He's been accused since 1978. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, it, unemployment is down at the lowest it's ever been since I think. I'm like talking 1960s. about Clinton. Talking about Clinton, not not Trump. Well, I mean, nobody's jumping up and down, insisting that he goes to jail. And now him and Hillary are getting on board their tour bus and they're going to tour the United <laughs> yes. States like the royal family. Right. They're not the royals. Go away. It's like, just go away, Clinton. That's how I feel like sometimes. I'm just go away. And, then, and people are not really realistically looking at the information and the facts. And they're jumping on board with the movement. And at the bottom of that is really women's woundage. Women who have not healed their pain, who have not looked at it from a healing stance. People grow. I, I saw people talking about how Kavanaugh drank in college, early college, high school. Tell me one high school or college kid that hasn't had a beer that goes to school. That At that age, you're not the same person. What happened to spiritual growth? What happened to learning through life experience? His work record is immaculate. He was supported and, and usually, by the Bar Association. I don't mean to interrupt you, but usually if you have that pattern, that behavior, that uh, what they said that he gang raped several people or that he saw they saw him in a, in a gang rape several times and he raped this person and, and, you know, plaster his private parts on somebody's face. If all those things happen at that time, that behavior would persist I don't think that anybody who displays that behavior will be totally clean years later in life. I think this is planted. But what I mentioned about Bill Clinton, since 1978, Juanita Broderick, who's proven, which she has pictures and, and evidence to show from back then, when Clinton was the attorney general in Arkansas, how come nobody questioned that? How come the FBI didn't say this, this, this? But anybody else, look at Ellison, the chairman of the Democratic Party. His girlfriend has all the medical records for public consumption right now, showing that she's been beaten several times. Nobody questions. Why does it apply to the left? I mean, to the right, but not to the left. It's a good question because people hate Trump. Trump has been put into the center of the pot. 
And what's getting thrown into the pot is all the anger, all the resentment, all the bitterness, all the revenge, all of the, it's just, you know, he has been character assassinated to the extreme. Now I'm not saying he's perfect and I'm not, I'm not supporting one or the other. And I don't want people to sit here and just go to that because that's usually the conversation is, Oh, Hillary, you're so bad because you support Trump clearly. Well, no, not really. <laughs> I'm an independent. I'm a registered. I changed from a registered Democrat to a registered independent because I am sick and tired of watching the games being played oh, by the Democratic away? Party. Yes. Yes. I stopped being a Democrat. I, I, I registered as an independent because I was so fed up with what I was seeing. And to me, you know, it was important for me to walk away from that because I couldn't align myself with the tactics being used. And I can see through the BS and I can see through the propaganda and I can see through what's going on and I can apply it to a bigger picture. Maybe it's because I've been having these important alternative media conversations for over a decade. Okay, maybe it's because I'm used to finding the people that give an alternative perspective when I interview people. I'm used to having those conversations of an alternative perspective. And what I've seen happen now is people can't have those alternative conversations anymore. It's either, you know, I was just speaking to my own mother recently. And I was talking about the Kavanaugh case and she was going on and on about how awful he is and how he shouldn't be in office. And I said, well, why? Because this woman comes forward and she says he groped her 36 years ago. And she can't remember when and she can't remember the date and she can't remember a lot of stuff. And of course, he's going to sit there and be angry in his testimony. And the next day, all I saw all over social media was captured pictures of his angry face. And, you know, social media, the people that run those things do not like Trump. They are not Trump supporters. They have pretty much vowed to do anything in their power to help get him out of office. So if they're going to allow that kind of hate, right, why was Alex Jones kicked off the air for hate? It doesn't make any sense. It's contradictory and it's, it's hypocrisy at its extreme. So the reason Alex Jones get, Jones get kicks off, his whole platform was destroyed. I'm sure you've noticed because I was talking about it in uh, late spring on a lot of interviews I was doing when my new book came out. And uh, I was talking about how Alex Jones helped to get Trump elected. I was talking about it for about a good three, four months. Oh, yeah, and we spoke sudden, about that during our last yeah. talk. We did. And actually, the last show we did is very relevant to what's happening now, because you have a social system that is being set up to be digital. You're having, you know, connections and outlets for people to express this extreme anger being created and not really, you know, controlled over that kind of stuff because the tech giants want that kind of stuff out there. They don't like Trump. They want things to go their own way. And, you know, I see a big divide there. And we're not talking about anything good that Trump does. You know, like I was saying before, the unemployment rate is down lower than it's been in decades. And he, nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about anything good that he does. He's immediately shut down. He is man-hated to the extreme. And women have to be really careful. And as a woman, I'm saying this, woman to woman, you have to be very careful in bringing on your rage when, and, and misdirecting that. You cannot 
just assume someone is guilty because somebody has come out and said something. You have to be able to go through the proper vetting to be able to find the guilt if it's there. It's innocent before guilty, and that is the exact opposite of what's happening now. And whoever is behind it, has done it very well. They have they have shaped and molded the social opinion to be used as a social weapon. Okay, a lot of people are going to get mad at me for saying that. They're going to assume that I'm siding with Trump and they're going to assume that I'm siding with, you know, the men and I don't believe the accusers. I I if she was really attacked, then she would have reported it to local people at the time. And it, there wasn't, there was not even enough for the FBI to go in there and do anything. It was a groping case. It wasn't rape. He didn't rape her. She wasn't ever claiming that he raped her. And when you realize that, you know, there is a statute, you know, there's a statute of limitations on certain things. Okay, but we're not, we're not all knowledgeable of the different laws in the different states and how things work and. And we just have to remember that we can't just tar and feather and hang somebody because of what somebody says. If she's saying it and she's bringing it to the table, I think the timing is is insane. I mean, it's just a it's a red flag if I ever saw one. And I think that what happened was the whole situation just enraged the emotional wound and women are just jumping on board and they're taking their swords and they're taking their power and they're misusing it in a lot of ways. Yes, we need to voice this. Yes, we need to talk about it. Yes, it's an important thing, but we have to be able to do it in a way that doesn't just automatically make someone's life just destroyed. Okay. Because what we're teaching young women, okay, mind you, Ms. Ford had half a million dollars in her GoFundMe account last time I checked, and that yeah. was a few weeks ago. Okay. We are teaching young women to be something that I think is really dangerous. We're teaching, well, you know, if you, know, you, you have sex with a guy and then something goes wrong, well, then you can point the finger at him. Right. And there's a great case, and I wish I could remember the names, but there was a football player who was accused of raping a girl. And he lost his scholarships, went to jail for six years. Yep, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? And then he came out because she had posted on Facebook that she had made it up. Now, here comes this guy out of jail, lost six years of his life, lost his entire football career because she lied about it. And whatever her motives were, we kind of have to look at that, don't you think? What were her motives for attacking this guy this way, okay? I see a very calculated thing happening between men and women, and I think it's intentional, and it's very, it's energetic, it's esoteric, it's it's very complicated, and you have to start talking about spirituality, and you have to start talking about energy, and men and women create life, all right? The love that happens between a man and a woman is powerful stuff. And I feel like there's been a war on separating the two for a very long time. And here we are watching this massive division, like the Red Sea parting, where men are going off here, women are going off there, and everybody's afraid to talk to each other or have any kind of intimate connection with each other because, you know, God forbid somebody down the road decides to turn around and turn on them and go after them. And then they're, you know, they're, they're going to be guilty before proven innocent. 
We're teaching that our men have to, you know, really stay away from women. And we're teaching women that, hey, you can go do whatever you want and make half a million dollars. Right? It's not fair. No, no. Let's dissect this because it's very important. You mentioned the the college student that lost six years in, in jail because this woman did that. I'm not sure if exactly the same case of another case that I know where the woman came out later, years later, and confessed that it was because she was so embarrassed that she had sex that she had to lie to the mother and say that the boy, that the, the man raped her. And she was so embarrassed she had to say, he raped me, so he went to jail. Another case came out a few days ago. A youngster from high school, 16 or 17 years old, was accused of rape. He committed suicide. The mother started looking into information. She just didn't want to live anymore. She hanged herself two weeks later. And girls came out saying that it was only a prank, a joke. I honestly think that anybody, men or women, who accuse somebody of rape, if they're lying, they should get the maximum penalty under the law. Would you agree with that? I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that you have to be really careful with how you approach these things. And, and, you know, the girl who's afraid to tell her mother the truth and has to lie to protect herself. These are the kind of things we have to have compassion and understanding for. We have to say, well, you know, what's really going on? What's, what's really going on with this girl? What's really going on with the family dynamics? We cannot just assume that he's guilty. I mean, suicide is permanent. And you have suicide in younger people increasing more and more and more because of the social validation system set up on social media that they've grown up with their whole life. You have online bullying. You have people who are going on to other people's accounts saying you should kill yourself. I mean, I've seen it. I've watched the I've watched the stories, the documentaries on it. It's awful. I have two sons. I have two grown sons and, you know, they're both in college and I have to have these conversations with them. You know, if you're going to engage in sexual activity with a girl, you have to make sure you have clear consent and it has to be mutual, clear consent. And then, you know, but somebody can still lie after that. Right. How do you know? How does the how does the legal process really crack down on this and prove it? It's a he said, she said a lot of the times. And there are times when people go through authentic, legitimate sexual attacks that are awful. And they need to have some kind of accountability for that. They need to have, you know, some kind of justice for that. And there needs to be, and I believe there is, a, a, you know, a protocol to how to handle that. And, you know, sometimes people don't want to speak out. Sometimes it's a sensitive nature. I get that. I totally understand it. But you can't come out three, four decades later when somebody's getting ready to be confirmed on the Senate or, or the, the seat there for, you know, becoming a, a judge and say it, and then not really have anything. It was a mockery of the justice system, if you ask me. I think her experience was real. I think it was completely used by the Democrats that she reported that to, and it was politically manipulated to create a situation that would benefit them. I don't think they really care about what happened to her. I think they just used her and exploited her experience to be able to move a political agenda. And when I bring that up to people, they are horrified that I even suggest that. And then other people understand it. Other people, you know, say, yeah, I I see that too. So I'm not alone in seeing this. 
And I'm not saying that justice shouldn't be served. I'm just saying that you have to be careful because you're creating a Salem witch hunt. Okay, and if you remember what happened in the Salem, the Salem witch hunt, all right, if you were accused of devil worship, you were hung. So all someone had to do was say, oh, so Susie, Susie Q down the street there, you know, I heard her saying some prayers outside and praying to the tree, hung killed, right? No questions asked. That's really the kind of culture we're creating. And we have to be really careful because it's a very slippery slope. Well, when you say that you think she had a something happened to her, I think of how many times the CIA has created people. I mean, I don't mean to offend anybody who loves Obama, but to me, he is a mystery. His records are sealed. His college records are sealed. We really don't know that much about him except for a few pictures I've seen of him smoking pot. Who cares? But this woman, Dr. Christine Belisi Ford, some people are saying that she doesn't even have a PhD. And it says her grandfather, Nicholas Deke, was a well-known CIA agent for decades. Her father, Ralph Blasey II, ran three CIA front companies, Redcoat, Inc., Data Watch and Admiral Security Systems. And her brother, Ralph Blasey II, once worked for the law firm Baker Hostetler, which was behind the creation of Fusion GPS and subsequently the dossier used to start the Russian collusion investigation. Now, when you put all these things together, could it be that some of these children who grow up in the Washington, D.C. area, the Beltway, sons of CIA people, wouldn't they I mean, be? CIA is real. It's no, real no, absolutely. Now. I mean, but I, I, could, you know? are they creating Manchurian candidates to be used in the future? Is my question. I think so. I think so because you, you know the training is real, the recruitment is real, and just because somebody in your family is doing it doesn't mean you're automatically in it. But you're most likely advised and swayed in certain ways, and you have to you have to realize that these things are real and. And uh, there's a lot of people that just don't want Trump in power because he's changing so much. He's changing a lot, if you think about it. If Hillary Clinton had gotten into office, we would not be going through what we're going through now. Guaranteed. We would not be having the social climate we have right now. We would not be having, uh, we, we, we would still be paying everybody's bills all over the world. I personally don't think the United States is responsible for giving billions of dollars to other countries for nothing in return. We, it's not a sustainable system. And I think Trump is doing good things in that sense. Okay. I, I do agree with some of his policies. I hate what he's doing to the environment. All right. That, you know, when, when I start to look at things that he's doing and not doing, I, you know, I get the most upset about the environment stuff because he's really just going backwards with the fossil fuel stuff and all of that. And, uh, you know, the, the national parks have been opened up to fracking and oil drilling. And, and I mean, you look at what's happening right now on the Gulf Coast with this, quote, red tide, which I think is a bunch of baloney. Okay, this is really a, a serious situation. You have manatees and dolphins yeah. washing up on shore. Deep what do you think is that red tide? Are watching I think the red tide uh, might possibly be happening, but I think it's being used as a cover for the agricultural runoff that's creating toxic algae blooms. And we're not, we're not blaming the right people. 
We're not making people accountable for these decisions. And that goes for the politicians in Florida. It goes for the corporate politics that are taking place. You know, they have the, the sugar manufacturers down there dump the byproducts that come out of it, which is extremely toxic, which you were talking about soy before. You really have to start paying attention to what's going in your body with all the GMOs and stuff that's happening. But sugar creates a toxic byproduct that they create, they keep and store in these man-made lakes in central Florida. And every now and then these man-made lakes have to be drained. So the politicians let them drain it into the Gulf and into the other side, into the Atlantic, which just happens to be where these quote red tides are showing up. But I don't know, personally, I think somebody, I think it was Erin Brockovich, I follow her on Facebook and I read her post a lot. I like her work, I have a lot of respect for her. She's been a long time known activist and she was mentioning the fact that the red tide levels should be a very, you know, there's a certain amount. They're like 300 times, maybe 3,000 times. I'm not sure exactly, but you can go look it up, the, the normal amount of what should be in the water. And that's because they're allowing this drainage of these toxic byproduct lakes that are created to hold the products that, you know, because everybody needs to have sugar and they're dumping it into the waterways and killing everything. This is really serious. I grew up in Sarasota. My grandparents lived there for a little while and I would go down and visit them in the summer. So I remember going to Sarasota, smelling the salty air when I got off the plane and enjoying my time there very much. Well, I've gone back, you know, over the course of my life. And the last time I went was a few years ago. And the first thing I smelled when I got off the plane was dead fish. Dead yeah, especially everywhere. in Sarasota, where you have the water. Yes. It's almost like the Dead Sea over there. Yes. I had a friend of mine who was doing prayer groups down there, and she was doing it regularly. And, you know, she asked me my opinion on it, and I gave her my truth. And my truth was, there is something really bad going on here, and it's not being fixed by prayer circle. Well, she unfriended me on Facebook and never talked to me again. Because <laughs> she assumed that I was just a horrible person because I didn't believe that their prayers were working. Give me a break, okay? You know, guys, I, I know your pe people are listening to this and they're going, oh, my God, you know, she's an anti-spiritual person. That's not true. It's not true. I'm a very spiritual person. But I'm also a very realistic person. And you can't you meditate have, all your problems away. No. No, you have to deal with your problems. You have to deal with the sexual abuse your triggers that are triggered by what's going on in the collective platform, because I am a big believer and I've always talked about how the macro and the micro are, you know, exact mirrors of each other. So if something is bothering you and triggering you on the, on the macro level, you've got to look at the micro level in order to be able to resolve the energy at work in yourself. Okay. You can have something happen to you and it, can be an open, gaping, infected wound, and then you work through your healing process and it becomes, a, you know, a, a, it heals and becomes a scar. And you can rub your hand over the scar and remember the event and learn the lessons that you needed to learn, but it's no longer guiding your life under the surface and sabotaging you and making you an emotional wreck. Right? Would you agree with that? 100%. Where is that knowledge gone? Because, you know, go over to the two, 2012, I was just talking about this to somebody. 2012 was all about the ascension and the ending of the Mayan calendar and spiritual, spiritual, spiritual. And then we had a few years and everybody starts to, you know, forget 
Why are we forgetting our who we really are? Why are we forgetting? And then you have the, the other stream where spiritual people refuse to talk about politics and they stick their heads in the sand and they say, no, 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 I don't touch that energy because it's negative. Yeah. Well, then that's how these people are able to do what they do because the powerful people who have healed, who are spiritual, who do see the bigger picture cannot handle going being a warrior or a warrioress and going into these harder topics to talk about, clear up and, and deal with. That's how I see it. Absolutely. I'm a spiritual person. I also don't need organized religion to link me to the source, universe, God, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, some of these people I talk to sometimes, as you said, you start talking about subjects that matter. Do you apologize? Oh, don't talk to me about that. That's going to completely ruin my day. It's almost like they're, you know, they're just burying their heads in the sand and trying to meditate their problems away. It's not going to go away. You know, we're talking Would about bullying. Do you agree bullying. that that's a form of brainwashing or mind Oh, it control? is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's somebody, and I hate to say it because I have a lot of good people who are in the New Age movement who listen to us, and I've said it many times, that's almost like a dogma, like a religion. And if you tell them, Listen, sometimes you have to use common sense and logic, and you cannot just think that the, you know, meditating, you know, or praying will solve all the problems. That helps. Don't get me wrong. If you're, if you have intent and you put a million people together, there's proven, proven uh, uh, techniques on doing this, and there's, you know, you can replicate it again and again, but you cannot do it all the time. I had somebody say to me, you cannot possibly be a spiritual person because you don't hate Trump. Oh, yeah, I get that all the time. I said, really? Because in my spirituality, hating anyone or anything is anti-spiritual. So, I mean, I, I'm not talking about, I mean, religion is a whole other thing, okay? And that, too, has started to have its underbelly come up, right? We're starting to see, you know, major uh, news articles have come out about the, the pedophilia, the, the child abuse that has happened. Now, we've known about this for a long time. Anybody who's been in the alternative movement at all for any period of time knows that this goes on. Okay, I, I've read David Icke's work in the mid-2000s or so. He was one of the reasons why I started my radio show. He's the first chapter in my new transcript book for a reason, because he breaks down this reality that everybody seems to have where, oh my God, nothing bad happens. That's not true. Bad things do happen and you have to deal with them. And if you have a strong sense of spirituality, you're, you're able to deal with them hopefully a little better, right? You have some sort of faith in a bigger picture. You have some sort of faith and, you know, healing and, and that sort but it doesn't mean that you don't care. I had another woman say to me recently, well, you know, because I was talking about politics online and somebody says, well, that's not my world and I don't live there. And I said, well, that's funny because I know where you live and the crime rate in that town is probably the highest in the area. And you do have politicians that make policy there. So whether you want to admit that you live in the world or not of politics, politics are still a viable factor and what we're, you know, self and co-creating. I mean, we're in this together. And I think people are forgetting that, you know, you're a, a, a miracle. Right? You're a miracle. You, you are in a human body experiencing life on a beautiful planet. 
you get to experience each other, you get to experience human emotion, you get to experience having children maybe, or whatever it is your path has taken on. Aren't you a lucky person to be incarnated right now? And once you start to realize, oh yeah, that's right, I am a, a miracle and and life is special and I can make my own decisions about where I focus my energy or not, then that's great. But Going back to the community, I mean, if you look at the fabric of community, you look at the fabric of our states and our country here in the West, a lot of other countries see us as a very young country. They see us kind of as like the temp, you know, the the emotional temper tantrum type teenager versus some of the older, wiser cultures that have been around for a long time. The eyes in the West tend to close on certain things and open on others, whereas, you know, different things trigger the countries around the world. But we have a real nasty way of dealing with things sometimes, and we can be bullies, and, we, you know, we, we just live in this kind of culture that's very materialistic, and it doesn't breed deep connection, deep spiritual connection, especially. We have a very dysfunctional past with our, with our ancient past, Right with America's ancient past, we 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 go back even further than the Native Americans, but nobody talks about that. And you're never taught it, you know. Maria Wheatley and I are doing a tour of American ancient sites next year, and we have tons of interest in this tour because nobody does it. Nobody takes people to these places and teaches them that America's past is actually very rich and very deep, but it's not based in the things that we're taught. So you're talking about removing the education system that has become ingrained in everybody's head. You're talking about tearing down the pharmaceutical mind. You're talking about tearing up the political structures. The entire infrastructure of this country is dysfunctional. And we all know intuitively that something's not right because we're not being taught how to love the land, how to love each other, how to respect where we come from. Many of us are immigrants ourselves. Our families came from other countries to live here. So where are our roots, right? I think it's just something we really have to, we have to have more conversations about. I think it was Bruce Lee who said it best, do not pray for an easy life, pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. But we were talking about bullying earlier on. And let me just say this. At least when we were young, bullying was a thing that happened in school. After school was over, you went home and maybe you would be bullied again the next day. Right now, this generation, bullying is 24-7 with social media. I hear of all these girls and boys that get bullied all day long, all night long, on the weekends. And it's maximized because when you put a message out there bullying somebody, the whole town knows about it. I fear and I feel for these children that don't know, they don't have the the moral, the, the, the psychological fortitude to say, who cares what you think about me? I define myself, not you. And I wish more children would understand that it doesn't matter what they're being told. But it's just that in this generation of social media, acceptance, narcissism, 50 minutes of fame, it's very difficult for them to be able to get out of that shell. I was watching a show recently where a young girl had come on this talk show. It was like an Oprah-like setting. And she was talking about, she's young. I think she's about 16 or 17 and she was suicidal and she was having a lot of extreme emotional problems. And uh, she's being interviewed and she was talking about, you know, how she feels when she's online and she creates this profile. This is a lot of like what we talked about last time we were on the air together 
with the Black Mirror episode um, where her identity and her worth were created out of what other people thought of her. And this whole social credit score that China's implementing right now is where we're headed. Yeah. That's our future, folks. So when you think about this, this, this girl is just one example of many who had created an identity online. You know, she felt better about herself, lots of selfies, big makeup, big hair kind of things, you know, only pretty, pretty, pretty. And, you know, 100 likes, 200 likes or five likes and what that did to her self-esteem and confidence. And it was really apparent very quickly that it was devastating to her how many people liked or didn't like her picture or said hateful comments on there or unfriended. I mean, I'm 45 years old, so I'm I'm kind of part of the last generation where I didn't grow up with social media. I grew up with no cell phones, nothing. I played outside, and you're right. I went to school. If anything happened, it stayed there, and then I might have to go back the next day and face it, right? Now they come home, and they deal with it online constantly, and there are so many platforms that adults don't even know the kids are using, Okay. I mean, it's like, it's insane how much the social structure has become so complicated. And I fear, I mean, you know, when my grandchildren come into this world, I fear what they're going to have to go through between, between vaccines, social structures, schools, what they're learning. I mean, I just see intuitively, you know, uh, a brick wall coming. And I feel like Chicken Little sometimes goes, sky is falling, sky is falling, sky is falling, ah, and everybody just laughs and walks away. And I'm thinking, no, guys, I mean, anybody with with half a sense of common sense and intuition can see where this is going to go. And if we don't rein it in quickly, I think it might be even too late because the digital agendas of leadership are much different than what the general public even understands. How do I know that? Because I've interviewed people in the industries, because I've worked with people in the industry, because I've seen where it's going and I just pull all of it together. Nobody really talks about nanotechnology anymore, biotech. Remember when it first came out on the, yeah. on the you know, hit the streets and everybody was going, oh my God. Well, where has all that talk gone? I don't see anybody talking about it anymore. Maybe I'm just out of the loop. I don't know. Maybe I'm just old and not relevant anymore. But that is not the conversation that I see. And we should be talking about it because you have technology that has been developed that can be delivered into your body through a syringe. Okay, so your flu shot agendas. Let's talk about that for a second. I, I think it's really important for people to understand Elon Musk came out recently, and I think I saw this article on your Facebook page, where he said most people are half human and half cyborg now. And how, what did he mean by that? Well, clearly, you know, you have some kind of man-made technology in your body. Well, how did it get there? We have smart dust. We have vaccines that can deliver microchips right into your body. We have uh, public products that are on the market now that encourage the use of medical study, you know, for example, the wristbands that you can wear now to keep track of your health. You have patches that you can put on now to keep track of your blood sugar that all registers through Wi-Fi connection into your doctor's computer, which, oh yeah, that's safe, right? Because nobody's going to hack your doctor's computer. I mean, <laughs> right. when does it stop? 
school records have gone digital. Now, because of school shootings, guess what the schools have now, Mel? I'm sure you know this already, but, you know, it won't be much of a shock. Cameras everywhere. Cameras everywhere in schools now. I was just visiting a local school uh, for something, and I walked in. The first thing you see, cameras, 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 cameras. Facial recognition technology. How do most people sign into their phones now? Facial recognition technology. What's being tested in the States? Facial recognition technology to board your airplane. I mean, when the TSA, when you go through TSA and you go through those body scanners, I've never been a fan. I don't know what the heck people are being exposed to in there, but it doesn't really matter because what's happening is a digital creation of your body is being stored digitally. Your so body you signature, be your heat signature. Yeah. Everything. Everything. And if you look around at how nonchalant people are about it, oh yeah, well, this is just what happened. Well, this is great. But when they, when they roll it out, the way China's rolled it out, it's, I really think it's just going to be accepted because people were going to be so mind controlled and brainwashed into accepting the digital age as it is and where it's going. And mind you, all all politicians agree on the data surveillance, all politicians. That's why you never see any arguments on the public platform about Democrats and Republicans going against data privacy. I, I remember interviewing Chad Marlowe, who was the head counsel for the ACLU on data privacy. And this chapter is in my new book as well. I remember talking to him about uh, this, and then he brought up the subject of LED light systems and how LED light systems are built with the ability to be adapted with spy technology and how all the public areas where there are LED lights already have them. So you're not just looking for the cameras, right? Your light systems now are spying on you, and they can be implemented into private homes. And we were all sold that LED lights will save the world, better for the environment, or they'll save you money. So change all your light bulbs out right now. How many people ran out to the door and bought LED lights to put in their homes to save a buck on their electricity bill? Lots. Lots. And here you have the head counsel of the ACLU talking about the realities of that. I get asked more about that one chapter in my book than any other chapters in my book, and they're all great. But this one chapter, people ask me about this all the time. And I didn't make it up. It didn't come out of my mouth. It came out of Chad Marlowe's mouth, the head counsel of the ACLU, which is always advocating for citizens' rights. And I mean, you can go look it up any way you want. It's there. It, there it is right there. And so it makes me question. It makes me question the official story of anything. And I have watched how the word conspiracy is now like the new UFO person. Okay. When I was interviewing people through the UFO phenomenon, I did a few years of shows based on that. Dr. Stephen Greer, uh, Nick Pope, there were people that I had brought onto the show, Phil Corso Jr., all of these people I had talked about um, too over the course of a couple of years. Well, the UFO phenomena, you know, if you're an experiencer, you are often mocked. I mean, it's, it's actually a real tactic that people use to shut you up and shut you down so that people don't believe you. You're mocked, you're made fun of, haha, what a, you know, you're one of those. Well, conspiracy theorist is now the new UFO thing. Because if you believe in a conspiracy, oh, you're one of those. It does, it works. It works, it shuts people down. It's brilliant programming, really, if you think about it. Conspiracies 
should be explored. Conspiracies usually are based in fact, right? Usually it depends on which one and who's talking about what. But conspiracy used to be an idea where something is happening that's not right and needs to be exposed. Well, what's wrong with that? Okay, it's a conspiracy that the sugar companies in Florida are dumping toxic waste into our ocean. That affects all of us, whether we live there or not, because of the water cycle. Okay, the Mississippi drains into the Gulf Coast, so all the agricultural chemical runoff gets into the Mississippi River, drains into the Gulf. The health of the Gulf reflects the health of our land, and we're growing food in our land. And you mentioned the soy, you mentioned the soy issue in the beginning of the show. Uh, if we're not growing food in healthy soil, we're eating that. And we're also eating the chemicals they put on the GMO food now to keep it from being eaten by insects. We're, we've interrupted the entire ecological system with greed. Greed. I mean, straight up greed. Monsanto finally lost a lawsuit in this, in this year, this past year, uh, to a man who had gotten cancer. For like two hundred and eighty nine million dollars, I think yeah. it was, and uh, which is okay, peanuts, is by the way. Product? It's peanuts for them, but it's a precedent. No, it's peanuts, but why is the product still on the shelves? Right. Okay, and what are we going to do with the products we already have? Where are we going to dispose of that material uh, in the right way so that it doesn't leak into something that we're exposed to? It's a big problem. Nobody's talking about it. I mean, some people are, but, you know, it's not hitting the public the way Kavanaugh hits the public. Why? I don't understand that. So Kavanaugh is going to create a shitstorm, excuse me, a, a storm on social media, but agricultural chemical leakage that's causing toxic algae blooms all over the country. The leaves aren't even turning color here, really. They're just turning brown and falling off. And I keep asking people, what does that mean? What, nobody can tell me what it means. I can't Google it either. Okay. Yep. It doesn't give me an answer because the answer points back to corporate politics. We have to take our one and only intermission, but absolutely, I've noticed the trees, they seem all, you know, pruney, very, you know, see wrinkles everywhere. It's almost like the trees are dying. But you said something interesting, that you grew up at a time when you didn't have cell phones or internet, just like I did, playing outside. We probably had a few channels before I even got cable, later in a phone in my household. So we are the last generation that understands what it was to not have technology. This new generation doesn't know. But when we come back, I want to discuss what the next 10 to 20 years will look like. Because if you go back 10, 15 years ago, or even 20 before the internet, the world that we live in is totally, totally different. And what's happening now, the the the, the, the industrial sector, the, the employment that we see today will not be what we'll see tomorrow. Let me just... Before we take the break, let me read this to you folks. Netflix is killing home movie theaters. Bookings.com is killing travel agencies. Google has killed yellow pages. Airbnb and VRBR are killing hotels. WhatsApp is killing telephone operators. Social media is killing TV. Uber is killing taxis. OLX is killing classified ads. Smartphones are killing the photographer, the, the, the photographer, a professional photographer industry. Zipcar is killing the rental car industry. 
Tesla may kill the internal combustion automotive industry. And to that, I'm not opposed to that one because we used to have electric cars over 100 years ago. Email is killing postal service. Waze is killing GPS. Original and new bank are killing the banking industry. The cloud is killing flash drives. YouTube is killing TV. Tinder killing dance clubs. Wikipedia is killing encyclopedias. Facebook is killing content media providers. Amazon is killing the retail industry. And I could go on and on and on. When we come back, Hillary, I want to discuss what the future worker will look like if we'll have future workers, or is it going to be all artificial intelligence? How can people buy your books, learn more about your work, Hillary? HillaryRamo.com. <laughs> Simple. Excellent, folks. I'm really loving it. This is the second time I've had Hillary, and it's always a pleasure to be able to just open the conversation to whatever comes to mind, whatever's relevant. So much more, another hour when we come back. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first part of this very important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the members section or subscribe at VeritasRadio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for MMS, hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, and other great products. Thank you.